Welcome everybody to the Light Vision Podcast, where I host various people to shine light on conversations that are meaningful to us. And my name is Eric Fisher, and we will continue to have this conversation here in episode 17. We're going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons and some nerdy stuff along the way, which I love if you haven't already noticed. Our guest today is Marcus Smith, my one and only Dungeon Master. Uh, recently got into Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, probably in late yeah late 2019 and uh, have grown to really love the storytelling collaborative venture the exploration the battles the the role playing and all the fun stuff and i feel like it's just timely because we're on the horizon for a lot more dungeons and dragons content we have a film coming out uh, that's in production right now that will hit theaters at some point in the future we have um pixar's onward has has a lot of themes that are rooted in dungeons and dragons i mean people that are well acquainted with the world of the Lord of the Rings would understand and recognize the world of Dungeons and Dragons pretty easily. And I, I reference in this very conversation the show Stranger Things, which features a few different scenes uh, that um, that highlights Dungeons and Dragons as a friends type game. And it has come a long way since the days of Stranger Things in the 80s, but the adventures are still the same. They're still wonderful. And I brought Marcus on, and he's so gracious to join to talk about all those great adventures and, and the meaningfulness behind the storytelling. Uh, if you love adventure, if you love storytelling, if you love creativity, or if you're just interested at all, I think you're going to like this conversation. So please do enjoy episode 17 of the Life Vision Podcast. All right, Marcus, I was, man, we've been talking about this for a little bit, and I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited about yeah. this. Um, you are the dungeon master. That's where we're going to start this conversation for some Dungeons and Dragons campaigns. I've grown to love the role play game quite a bit, but I feel like there's a lot of people that just don't know really what it is. Um, so if, if you don't mind explaining what Dungeons and Dragons is and your role in it at all. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> Dungeons and Dragons, or D&D for short, um, is uh, it's known as a tabletop RPG. Um, and it's, it's this system is a game system that was developed that uh, allows people to come together create their own characters and share adventures and do what they want to do in this fantasy world that's all you know created together and my role as the dungeon master is to more or less be everything that the players aren't wow. so the players are in control of their characters that they've created and that's all they control uh, my role as the dungeon master is to control everything that they interact with. So I'm the world, I'm the monsters they fight, I'm the 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 ship that they're traveling on, or the any sort of encounter, monster, person, the NPC, a non player character that comes in uh -huh. that they come into contact with. That's all that's all me. Okay. Um, so yeah, anything that the player interacts with is my job. Okay. So okay. You mentioned RPG. I know what that means. What, what, what is uh, the audience? A role-playing game. So okay. that's where the player, or the person, is has taken on the role of the character in the story. So it's it's more advantageous, or I guess more recommended, that if, that the person tries to embody that character as much as possible in the in the gameplay. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, so. D and D is kind of built upon three main pillars. There's okay first pillar is um, exploration so that allows um, the players to you know explore the world that's been created um, 
go into dungeons, seeing all these, you know, vast landscapes and all this uh, beautiful vistas or sprawling cities or uh, abandoned ruins, all this sorts of stuff. Um, and that that's probably my favorite part of the game is the exploration aspect. Yeah. The second pillar is role-playing, um, which is... And it's a it's a huge part of it, and it's the hardest part to really get comfortable with because, you know, you're putting yourself into the character and trying to talk as the character or act as the character. Or you may, the character may think differently from how you as a person thinks. Um, so it's a good, you know, exercise and, uh, I guess, you know, expanding your mind a little bit um, and just getting out of your comfort zone. Um, and it's a really fun part uh that I, I really enjoy it. I didn't think I would because <laughs> I don't like being on camera or anything like that, but role-playing is a lot of fun for me. Um, the third pillar is combat, which yeah. is um, obviously a big part of the game. It's arguably the most fun for a lot of I people. I love combat, yeah. Um, that, you know, that's the whole point of having these cool spells and abilities. It makes you feel like a hero because that's what you are in the stories. Oh. You're, you're these heroes that are ultimately trying to accomplish some great goal and being in combat lets you feel like you actually are a hero. You get to cool do these cool stuff, and yeah, it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. So those are the three main pillars: exploration, role playing, and combat. If you have a good balance of the three, which I which I try to do that in, in do, my yeah. games, uh, then I feel like it's a well balanced, and everyone tries, you know, seemingly has fun. Yeah, and that's the most important part. Yeah. Well, I can speak from a player's perspective in your campaigns that I think you do that well. <clears throat> and I'm a new player, you know, so like yeah. I, I come, I came to this, and the reason why I think it's interesting to hear you explain it, uh, or, or, and we'll get into the appeal of, of Dungeons & Dragons as we go, but um, Ben, your brother, came to me <clears throat> after church one day, and he was like, hey, I know you, you like stories and stuff, and um, I don't know if, if you'd be open to this, but uh, we're trying to put together a, a campaign for Dungeons & Dragons. Um, <laughs> And at the time, I think all that I knew about it was like the brief scenes from Stranger Things. I mean, those guys yeah. are having a good time flipping tables and getting mm -hmm. upset, you know, as, as, as young teenagers, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, or like fully in a you know robed garb and, and you know, funny voices. Yeah, that's only um, if you're super cool. <laughs> that's yeah. only if you're super cool. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and I can't. I I am embracing the nerd, you know, in me. Certainly, mm -hmm. I mean, Light Vision is about storytelling. I love, and I will talk at length about Star Wars and Marvel and all this stuff. Um, but I came up as as a jock, you know. I played sports, so this idea of of like creative and and athletics in the clicks just didn't really mix, you yeah. know, uh, for better or for worse. Um, so when he approached me for Dungeons and Dragons, my first response was, "Ah, oh, it's nerdy." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love it though. I mean, it's, it is it is super fun. Too. Yeah. Oh, when Ben first got into it, I want to say like four or five years ago. Um, I was in the back of his car, we were in Texas, and I just happened to see he had the player's handbook in the back seat. I was like, oh, Ben, what is this? <laughs> I mean, I grew up as a super nerd, too, yeah. but like, I was sort of d, d I didn't know much about it, but D&D, oh, &D, that's like, that's top-tier nerd level right there. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, Ben? So I opened it up, and it was immediately, I was like, well, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I mean, the artwork in the books is cool, and then it's just... That, from that moment on, it was just the idea of being able to create a character totally from scratch and then being thrust into this fantasy world and doing whatever you want, because I never thought about it before that. 
it was just such a cool concept. Like, you know, video games, like, uh, that's a big part of it. You know, you're put into the, the character of the video game, but it's all, no matter how open world or sandbox the game may be, they're still, you know, scripted games. I like, realistically, they are scripted. You, yeah. There's only certain pathways you can go down. D&D, though, it's wide open. <laughs> I mean, it's you can do whatever you want. Yeah. It's yeah. a way I like to describe it is just structured imagination. Uh-huh. The rules are there just to provide structure, but if you can imagine it, there's a way to make it work in D&D. Well, that, 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 is, that part is interesting to me because you as, as the dungeon master, the DM, um, and me as a lover of story, there's a, a weird balance of, like, I want to hear where you want us to go. And then we yeah. have people in our party that are trying to drop kick and and, and, <laughs> and flirt with you know random people in the taverns yeah. and, and find different parrots and keep them as pets and, uh-huh. and <laughs> whatever. Uh, and so there's a weird balance of me really getting into the exploration part mm-hmm. because I do love that. It's fun to kind of tinker and play and look, um, and then also uh, diving into the characters. Like mine, my character in the most recent campaign we're playing in is Kaizor, is a dragonborn who's in my estimation, is, is, is supposed to be like a, um, a a wise pacifist that will fight when he needs to because he believes in the greater good type, type yeah. of deal. Um, and it ends up happening more often than not that he has to step in, and, and I'm proud of his progression. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, there's a lot of his character that's just like, I don't really care about exploring and looking at boxes. Um, we're looking for the, the higher, higher value. So it is a fun... And sometimes frustrating that you kind of balance to say, man, I know that Marcus has planned a lot of this, and we have a direction to go, but we're, you know, pitter pattering over here looking at a vase, yeah, <laughs> yeah, seeing if there's significant or not. And I guess that's part of the joy too. We don't know if it's significant. It exactly, yeah. And that that's where I probably struggle the most personally with being a DM because I have to find the balance between um, you know, pushing the party mm-hmm. in the direction of the story that I've come up with but I don't want it to feel forced yeah. necessarily because that's what's called a railroading in right. the D&D world okay. um, and that's that's a thing that I'm so afraid that I'm going to start doing Just, but I, I don't want to do it because it, it takes away from the player agency once the players don't have the ability to choose for themselves anymore that's when it stops being fun and when the players don't have fun, I don't have fun. Yeah, and this this question is not meant for you to sway your your um, your strategic endeavors. But how often does it happen that you listen to our conversations and you're like, "That is not what I want you to do." <laughs> um. Well, well, it happened last night a little bit with uh, when when Matt was like, "Guys, let's go fight that dragon." Dude, no. I was just I was just thinking, okay. In my mind, the whole time, I was like, guys, I just put the dragon on the island just to make it seem cooler. It's there if you want to go fight it, for sure. You can do that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was like, if, but if you want to go fight this dragon, you, you, you can. I'm not going to stop you, but it's, it's not advisable at your relatively low levels. <laughs> We're borderline metagaming right now in this conversation. If, That's true. If, if, Matt, if Matt listens to this. Um, but... There, I think I felt some of that urging. He's like, "Look, it's your character, man." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like, well, when uh, well, and also last night when that 
you know, y'all were fighting the stone golem. Yeah. He hit Kaizor and hit pretty, pretty, good. pretty solid hit. Yeah, really good. Um, I happened to roll a natural 20, which is yeah. a critical hit, yeah. which means I double the dice damage. Yeah. Um, I felt so bad about it. Because, like, <laughs> it, it's, it's really, the game is really just about balance uh, yeah. across the board. Like, I got to find the balance between making the encounters and the combat hard enough to make make you you know make give the players a challenge mm-hmm. without killing the characters right I don't want to do that yeah I try to make the point often that I am not trying to kill the characters <laughs> the monsters are sure sure yeah because um, I, I love all the characters so much yeah and it would kill me just to, to, if, if one of them died but um, uh, yeah that that was that was hard for me. It's like, oh, I rolled a natural 20. I have to dice. For the record, though, I mean, Kaiser has had a really good run overall. I True. Mean, when in combat, he kind of is, among one or two others, the finisher of fights. Yeah. Um, which, and he comes out of a lot of those as a, as a caster. You know, I'm a, a dragonborn sorcerer, so most of my spells can be done from distance. Yeah. Um, so the only thing I was frustrated with, and this is just hindsight pettiness, is that I don't think we decided where our position was when we entered the room. I can't remember if we did or not. Uh, so just, not, not really. It's <laughs> so it just like, happened to be I was in the front row. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like normally I wouldn't be there. Yeah, that um, was a slip on my part. I, sh- I should have asked for the marching order and, and walking into this room. Which, which is um, fine. And I, I get to the point to say that, that uh, he's had such a good run, and normally I probably would have been cautious entering the room if I sure. was fully aware of that possibility. But <clears throat> even with the big hit, um, I have 58 hit points right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, which is just the amount of damage you can take, you know, right. um, for the roll. And uh, in my mind, when you're like squirming over there in dis- discomfort, I'm like, if it's a 58, that's I mean, this guy's legit, and I'll be I'll be dead or at, in the critical phase of trying right. to survive. Yeah. But I really didn't feel that <clears throat> uh, worried that it was going to mm-hmm. be that high. Uh, when it came in at like 42 or 43, I was like, dang, that was pretty big. Yeah. Uh, but then it started getting me creative. I said, okay, well, I, if I can scoot out of here and be the first one behind him, the chances that this stone beast that's not super intelligent to turn around to get one of us as opposed to the other five right. is very low. Yeah. So I can at least buy some time. There you uh, go. See, that's yeah. that's what I try to get all the players to think. Yes. They got to think yeah. critically about what their character would do in the moment after having seeing that this creature is magically slowing the facilities of these people down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I saw uh, uh, Ben Ellis and um, was it Chris? Was it their characters yes, got, yes. got yep. slowed, which uh-huh. is a, a spell effect that yep. can happen and yep. reduces your abilities in combat. Um, yep. And saying uh, they got magically hindered and stuff, so uh, Matt Bobo's character got a solid hit landed on him a couple times uh-huh. too um it just the, the critical thinking and the in the moment like what would my character do right now having reacting to all this yeah um that's that's where i like the players to be yeah so <clears throat> well, I, we'll get into um some of this maybe but uh like i have a a vague interest in becoming an actor of some sorts you know mm-hmm. i like that idea of of getting into a character but timing and schedules and stuff has always been kind of complicated and I'm such a newbie to that world that it just didn't just doesn't seem smooth so 
Dungeons and Dragons, in many ways, helps me do that. Where mm-hmm. I can say, well, even though Kaiser specifically, I think I have put a, a little bit of myself into him. Um, <clears throat> there's an opportunity for me to think outside of the box and say, even if I learn information about what's going on, I don't want that to hinder or impact his decision making. Me as the creator of the character. Right. Uh, yeah. I want to still keep it as as clean as possible. Like that, I want to be informed and pass that information on to my character and kind of cheat. Right. In, yeah. in that sense. Uh, but but um, you mentioned too about like this isn't me trying to kill the party. This is the the monsters or, yeah. or the beasts. Uh, and certainly you you have some role in deciding how powerful these beasts are. Of course. Yeah. But uh, which got me thinking about the 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 uh, impact of rolling dice in this game, which is a heavy influence in Dungeons yeah. & Dragons, which I don't think I realized. Was, uh, I don't know much about the game at all, mm-hmm. but uh, can, you, can you talk to like just how, how controlled uh, dice and chance is in the game? Yeah, so um, the dice pretty much represent the element of chance and outside factors that you can't control more or less. So, the the twenty sided dice, the d twenty, that's that's the crux of the dice. Yeah. Um, so, say you want to hit this whatever this creature that's in front of you. Say, all right, roll a d twenty to hit. Um, that roll. So your character is in is now once you make that roll, your character is in the action of hitting it. The roll of the d twenty represents what could possibly be the outcome of that hit. You could either, if it's a, a high roll, like an 18 or 19, it's probably going to hit, which means your character didn't fumble, there were no outside factors to hinder it, made a solid hit. Um, if it, if you roll a lower one, 6 or 7 or whatever, it's probably not going to hit. That would mean in in the narrative, in the kind of the flavor and uh, descriptive aspect of it, Maybe you're, you know, you lost your footing half mm-hmm. midway through the swing, and you lost your balance, and, and the the swing misses. Or, yeah. or if it's kind of close to almost hitting, maybe the the person you're fighting, you know, raised their shield up and blocked it at the last second. Um, so it would have hit, but you know, they're they were quick enough to block it themselves and not take any damage. Yeah. Um, that's how it is in combat. Say in the exploration aspect, like you're rolling what's called a perception check to mm-hmm. um, you know, look at your surroundings and evaluate the area you're in. Um, if it's a high roll, you could be like, oh, you're really on top of your game. You're, uh, you know, you're really attentive to, to what's around um, and you notice smaller details. Um, but if it's a lower roll, you know, maybe like a, that's if the super lower, like, oh, like a, some dust got in your eye and you're, you're, not, um, you know, you're not as focused or um, one of your party members is being an idiot like they normally are <laughs> and uh, distracting you so maybe yeah. you don't notice as much um, it's that that's really um, how the, the the role of the dice works in in d d yeah the, the way that I think about it um, is is kind of like you talk about video games and how the video game is already structured and you're just kind of exploring what's mm-hmm. already there and and d d with the rolling aspect creates the rules of the game in Live, yeah. uh, in, in that sense. That's so, a good way to look at it. Uh, and then, and then it helps me. Um, just how my my mind's eye works is it does seem kind of systematic at times. Like okay, roll, 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 see what sure. happens. Um, but then I take myself out of that rolling thought process into what would it look like if there's a movie, 
Yeah. If you just kind of, okay, we're writing the script right now. Um, and then we say, okay, this is what's going to happen. They're going to hit a rock and they're going to lose balance. And, and then, you know, giant turtles going to come in and win the, the arm wrestling tournament. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then we zoom out and you can see that just play forward. Like that, that started feeding into me more in combat. So I think yeah. each round is like six seconds long. Correct. So yeah. like to me, I was like, man, we're several rounds and this is intense and it can take all night depending on the, on the yeah. combat. Um, but then you zoom out and we're talking about maybe a minute or two mm -hmm. minutes. Uh, a two like minute combat a is a, That's a long, long time. combat. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so um, yeah, I, that's why I try to after, like, a whenever a character hits or misses, no matter what, I, I try I, I need to get better with my descriptive qualities um, but I try to always describe how they hit or or how uh -huh. or how they miss or if they almost hit or like when um Alcazar uh, Matt's character, you know, he missed both swings of his hammer, but they were close enough to where they almost did damage. Like oh, he you know, he grazed the the shin mm -hmm. of this giant stone creature and sparks fly off, but yeah. it, it's not enough to do any damage. Yeah. Um or when when Tyler finished off the character, whenever yeah. it's a a bigger encounter, a mini boss per se, um, and they, whoever gets the final blow on it, and this is a very common tactic among DMs, they say, how do you want to do this? So it gives that. the player the yeah. chance to describe, you know, their finishing move on this yeah. thing, and let, it, it's more fun for the players, yeah. and that's where I get my fun. Yeah, so. well, I, last night there was a, a, like a celebratory roar when you, when you, you know, said, how do you want to do this? Yeah. I don't know if it was just me. I was, I was really happy. I was oh, walking yeah. up the stairs to get a refill of a uh, you know, drink or something. And, uh, and I heard you say that. I was like, finally, this was a pretty long battle. I had long, taken yeah. a lot of damage. And we're like, man, I don't know how strong this guy is. Mm -hmm. Tyler had kind of like winked at me. It's kind of a little metagaming. I don't know if he saw the damage or not. But he's like, he's hurting. You know, after, yeah. after I hit him. And I was like, okay, well, cool. You know, we're, we're getting close to another yeah. fairly easy victory. Mm -hmm. But it kept dragging on, and you kept saying, well, he, he looks hurt, but not that bad. You know, there's some, there's some cracks, but he's mm -hmm. still very solid. And I'm like, man, this is going to take forever. Um, and then, so just that moment of, how do you want to do this? is like, yeah. a, like a, a victorious moment not for the group to say, all right, we finally broke through. Yeah. But also, yeah. like you said, I, I've gotten a few of those uh, moments, mm -hmm. too, where it's just like, how do I want to do this? Like, what, what makes the character uh, kind of summon those epic moments? Yeah. Uh, in my own eye uh, of how that works. It is yeah, fun. That, it that's is the big part of it. Yeah. Letting the players, you know, feel like heroes. And that's, 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 that's the name of the game. I mean, that's trying to save the world. You gotta yeah. feel like a hero sometimes, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Um, in our, in our pre-conversation meeting, if you will, um, you talked about collaborative storytelling. Yeah. Um, that, that was really the, uh, a big draw. And I think it's a big draw for a lot of people too. Um, a lot of people like the idea of having this shared world experience um, and having your players interact with one another and, and weave this either intricate story with you know, political intrigue and warring factions and, and mystery and all this stuff. Or some people just like the idea of just going to a dungeon, finding loot, killing monsters... And that's fun for them. If that's how you want to play it, that's fine. But yeah. well, I think our group is is good. It's a really solid group. Um, they like the uh, the storytelling aspect. Um, 
enough to get into character and, and have their characters, you know, react to, you know, either the NPCs that I put before them or the story hooks that I drop in there um, and really think about the story and what their characters would best do in these situations. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it's... We're writing the story together. Yeah. I have, you know, the basic outline sure. for it, but it's up to your players to decide. It was up to the, the players, yeah, and yeah. to decide how their characters are going to react and how they're going to interact with the with the NPCs and yeah. um, and that's what I like. So I may have this elaborate story planned out, but if the players don't go for it, mm. or they if, if they do something, well, like last night when uh, Ben used his sword and in, in, mm-hmm. in, in this uh, celestial dome or whatever um, and it, it caused this uh, spectral image of yeah. a goddess to appear yeah. that was all completely improvised what? <laughs> um, I just thought you know it's a cool idea if Ben you just found this you know this super cool magic sword he's used it in a creative way and I didn't even think y'all would go back to that dome Oh, I, had, nice. I, I just, I mean, well, that initially was just an improvised spot too, <laughs> um, which is another huge part of the game is improv. Yeah. Um, but when Ben decided, I'm going to use my sword because it obviously tied to this island in some way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use this this fire ability that it has, and this dome which has some significance. Let's see what happens. I'm like, you know, that's really creative. I didn't think about that. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So he did it, and was like, "All right." So I described it before with all these celestial uh, patterns in the dome and the yeah. stars and these lines connecting like constellations. Sure, let's say uh, they start to glow, and then this image of the moon goddess appears um, with her hand outstretched, like she's awaiting uh, to receive an offering. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and there's stuff I I would like to say right now, but I can't to you because it's part <laughs> of on, it's, it's part of, <laughs> it's part of the story, and uh, it would it would ruin the fun if I told you it would, would spoil it for that you for was sure. A pretty good spoiler that that was improv though um, because man, well, yeah, that was I mean, such an epic moment. Uh, yeah, I mean, so so much of it is is improv um, because you it's impossible to plan for everything. Yeah, because I have no idea what y'all are gonna do. Right, like. I didn't know you were going to go back to that dome, so I did. Okay, so they're going to go here. What are the? I can't just be like, ah, it's boring here. You don't see anything new. That's not fun for the players. Oh, dang it. Um, yeah, like <laughs> oh, you just wasted two days of travel going to this place. Just like ah, it's just a boring shell of a rock. There's nothing here. Yeah. What's the fun in that? Yeah. So, all right. So they go here with a magic artifact, and uh-huh. something magical happens. Yeah. And you get this vision of this calamity between the gods and and stuff. Oh, that's um, really cool. And and maybe dropping another story hook like go mm-hmm. find the ember which was yeah. the last one you got yeah. and that even I debated internally whether or not to say that um, because like oh, that could feel a little railroady you know like mm-hmm. telling telling you to go find this thing like I don't want to tell the players to go do this but it's it's a thing I don't know if we've talked about it but Ben and I my brother we've talked about it like Ben wants direction given to him yeah um, and that's the thing I've got to like keep telling myself like they they want to go in a certain direction i gotta provide those directions for them because if it's just wide open like what do you want to do you have the whole world to go explore i mean well look at this tree yeah you know you can 
do whatever and without a direction it can be a little overwhelming like well, I don't know what to do you know yeah, so yeah. well there's some um, sort of deep stuff in in just this last segment here uh, yeah. that I'll I'll kind of share the nerdy part of narrative so like I've I've learned a lot about storytelling and still a learner you know sure. um, but there's one uh, speaker at, at a story conference that I was at in September that talked about the the power of narrative in our mind. You know, whether we believe in a higher power or not, and, and you and I both as, as believers in God, mm -hmm. this makes sense to us pretty clearly as far as how it could possibly be working. But he mentions um, like something like uh, your car breaks down in the morning on the way to work. It's natural for many of us to say, well, the reason that happened is for me to avoid an accident or, or some type of thing mm -hmm. down the road that I couldn't see because my car prohibited me from going on. Like that's a that's a very simple way for our minds to make sense of the happenings without being upset. Sure. You know. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> for example, in in that very example you gave was we spent a lot of time at that dome on the way to yes. uh, Ruitham. You know, this little the city for the dungeon crawl, um, and that to us was significant because we were trying to figure out at what point does this become interesting. And why was it built? We, we were really interested and caught with that. We slept there. We were trying to an analyze the star charts and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so for us, it made it probably made sense for us to try and go back because sure. we spent some time. And yeah. you, you, know, you didn't think about that. I didn't at that's, all. That's, that's totally fine. What I'm, what I'm, the point is like you acknowledged uh, our our narrative building in our in our experience. Yes. So like we came back to it, and you're like, okay, they think this is important, mm -hmm. so that I'll make it important. Exactly for them. Yeah. Uh, which is just really cool, a part of, of how our I think our brains work through a collaborative storytelling. Yes, uh, we as people do that in, in an everyday basis with our creativity. Uh, I'll push back on anyone that says they're not creative, um, because you know, you're creating worlds in your own head all the time. Sure, it's just, yeah. it might be more or less exciting. But I, I love that that part where I had no idea that that wasn't a part of of your plan mm -hmm. or some type of thought process. But you were collaborating with us, exactly. As we're collaborating with you, and then the idea of direction. If we don't have direction, many times it's it's like, well, I I can go mow the grass over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that's that's the um, again the the player agency is such a big point, and I don't want to take any of that away. But at the same time, I do realize in a wide open fantasy world there's endless possibilities so some amount of direction is good yeah um and you know the next session uh when you arrive at Waterdeep hopefully who knows what'll happen who on knows? the way who knows um Waterdeep is this, this massive sprawling city the city of wonders as it's uh kind of nicknamed yeah um there's so much opportunity there uh to pick up other jobs or explore just the city um, do do whatever, um, but there's also the the tie into the main story that said uh, one of the NPCs you interact with like come find me in Waterdeep mm. and my employer may be able to help you in your quest. Yeah. Um, and who knows what'll happen in between then? Yeah. Or if there's any downtime to explore this massive city, um, which I'm really excited to get there because it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, as of where Ben's character is from Waterdeep yeah. um, so you know, he, I, I may who knows I may bring up a character from his past wow, and put him yeah, in there that yeah. he doesn't know about right. um, 
another aspect of that collaborative storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, trying to work in your characters' backstories is probably the hardest part, mm -hmm. but uh, it's worked out pretty pretty wonderfully so, so far. So so far, I think it's going all right um, for, for the most part. It'll be hard to, to tie in like Chris's character. Uh, mm -hmm. then maybe that maybe that probably come later, or Casper's character. Yeah. Or, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. uh, Tyler's character. Uh -huh. um, but it's it's yeah it's it's a thing where it's an opportunity for character development um, to tie in the backstories and have these unresolved you know issues come up and working through them in character. And that can also be you know just in real life a cathartic experience mm -hmm. itself. Yeah, um, working through unresolved issues and stuff through the lens of another character. Yeah. Um, which is, it's all part of that collaborative among, effort. Um, yeah, among many things, what makes a, comp a character compelling is, is that unknown backstory. Sure. So they arrive on screen or in the book, and <clears throat> either they are a pawn to, to move the pr protagonist forward, and they therefore have meaning, mm -hmm. or they come and they bring this, this, this kind of uh, catalog of experiences that will inform how the story is told. And you don't know that. Yeah, and, and that's that's part of the fun is, is we could even forget that we even have backstories when we're playing the right. exploratory game yeah. and then somebody tries to kill you uh, <laughs> yeah. out of the blue and then it starts to make sense like okay well I should have known that was coming at some point sure yeah yeah. like the, the one of the sessions a couple of sessions ago you ran across um, sailing across you know the trying to get to this island you passed uh, yeah. a pirate ship that was tied to Ben's <clears throat> character's backstory um, I got big plans for that. Ben has no idea. Um, Railroad us. Oh, no, 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 no. Do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. Just, just have fun. That's all, that's all, just have fun. That's all I want you to have. I'm excited about your plans, though. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. we'll see what happens. They could change, depending on, on what y'all do. Of course, yeah. But, uh, it's... It's just the just the greatest game ever. Like since since playing, technically I'm not playing. I'm right. running the game. Yeah. Um, I would, in a heartbeat, give up every video game, every game system, if I could have, like a biweekly, like a guaranteed biweekly game of D and D. <laughs> and like with with this group that I'm playing with right now, yeah. with you guys, if I could, every other week. For guaranteed for like forever, <laughs> I would for sure give up like Xbox, all that stuff, oh, just because it's just the most fun. It's, it's the most fun. fun. Yeah. Well, I was like, with with that reendorsement, if if they if, if listeners that thought that D and D was nerdy, too nerdy, all in nerdy, kind of like when you pick up the book yeah. the first time, if they don't already now think about the game as a little different, what is what is maybe your parting selling point? Why why should people give it a chance? First of all, it's free to get into. Yeah. The Wizards of the Coast, which is the company that uh, owns D&D, they publish the, the new source books and whatever. Um, they have released the, the basic rules for D&D in a PDF format, totally free to download. So anybody can get in into the game for, for free. And that's all you need, really, to play the game is just the basic rules. The basic rules in your imagination. You can yeah. go, you run wild with it. All these source books and new material that they're releasing, it's so much fun, it's so cool, but it's ultimately not necessary just to have fun in the game. I mean, homebrewing, which is where creating your own rules and your own guidelines for the game, 
I mean, we do it a little bit in, in, in our game. Um, it's very common. So mm-hmm. if you can imagine it, um, if, if you have any interest at all in, like, just fantasy or storytelling or uh, anything in those lanes, even if you're not and you're just like, what even is D&D like? Yeah. Who gives a rip about D&D? It's just the just nerdiest thing. Just friends or something. Yeah, that's how a lot of people do. There's, I just do it just hang out with my friends, and they end up really getting into it and enjoying it. Um, you know, the basic rules are free. Just give it a shot. Just just give it a chance. Um, it, it, you may feel weird at first, because it is weird to jump into another character um, and to explore you know, in, in your theater of the mind... Uh, this shared world, but it's so worth it. Yeah. It's so much yeah. fun. Oh, man. I'm hooked. I do love it. I, I think I could see it dungeon mastering in my future just because I love That'd the idea great. of storytelling um, and, and guiding a conversation in general. But yeah. I'd I, love to be a player in that Yeah, man. I, well, I was to say, you, you haven't got a chance to be a player for so Not long. Not really. Yeah. So anyways, I love it. I think people listening, uh, if you have any inkling, as Marcus said, to an interest to, to fantasy, or you find yourself enjoying things like Star Wars or, or Lord of the Rings, which is birthed out of there are in many even, ways. There are even um, a system, a game, a tabletop RPG like D&D. Uh-huh. But in the Star Wars universe, oh, there are there yeah. are game rules for that. Okay, so if D and D will meet you where you're at. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love it. I didn't even know about that. That's that's, yes. that's cool. Um, I, I think probably the the one thing that I say in every podcast episode is I I truly believe we could talk for hours about. This. Oh, for sure, absolutely, we could. <laughs> uh, but for the sake of time, I think this is a good teaser to whet the appetite of those listening, yeah. and and move forward. And also preserve Marcus and I's um, um, probably likely uh, scenario where we spoil something happening (laughs) (laughs) in our campaign. So we'll probably cut it short here. But man, I really do uh, appreciate so much you joining. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been awesome. This is so much fun. Yes, thank you so much. I really could talk about Dungeons & Dragons probably all day because it is nerdy fun. It's great at times with friends and adventures. That's how it began for me, just to build closer relationship with my buddies. And it certainly did that and also helped me hone in some skills around the love of storytelling that I have. So, And those adventures continue on. But I, I appreciate you so much for listening to this episode of the Light Vision Podcast where I can have these conversations with various people to shine light on meaningful things. And there are so many more episodes to come. This was episode three in season two, episode 17 overall. And we have a great episode coming up next week with Tracy Rhodes to talk about the unity in the church, talk about uh, Christian belief systems and how uh, we can bring some of those thoughts together uh, to get closer to Jesus's prayer in John 17 in the Holy Week that it will debut in before Easter. So I'm really excited about that. And then we have so many other conversations that are coming that covered the, I really hope to cover the spectrum of humanity in many ways, representation, um, story, uh, sharing, all these different things I really think matter and are important in our world today. So please do continue listening to the, the Light Vision podcast and subscribe if you haven't already. Tell your friends about it. And as always, if you uh, have 
people in mind that you think would be good to join this podcast. I'm open to all possibilities because this is about shining light on the human story in many ways through conversation. So uh, thank you again for listening. This is the Light Vision Podcast. This song you're listening to in the background is Beacon by Tobias Voigt sponsored by Music Vine, wonderful subscription music service. And um, the Light Vision Podcast is a production of Finer Creations. So if you have uh, interest in more of what Finer Creations represents, including the Life Story Service and Media Review Mondays, among other things that are coming down the road, uh, you can check out finer.com. F-I-N-O-W-R.com. It's spelled kind of weird, but that's why it's fun. F-I-N-O-W-R.com. And you can find out all of the news that are coming down the pike, including potentially um, starting on a life story service. Preserve that life story for your family uh, or loved ones. So check us out. Continue listening to the Light Vision Podcast. This is not possible without you and the wonderful guests. Again, thank you so much to Marcus for joining to talk about Dungeons and & Dragons. And um, we'll move forward telling some great stories and adventuring in our own lives. So thank you so much again for listening to this episode of the Light Vision Podcast. We'll see you soon.